What's going on, boys and girls, and welcome back to another episode of Eating Shit. If you're new here, the point of this show is to quickly come on here once a week and share the lessons I've learned with you guys in real time so you don't have to make the same dumbass mistakes that I have. Stupid. Or just learn from my experiences in general. If the episode provided value for you, share the show on your story or send it to someone you think would benefit from it. And also throw up a five-star review on the podcast app or a thumbs up on YouTube to help out with the organic reach. Um, so real quick lessons this week. At first, I apologize. I have not been doing this once a week. I need to change the intro. Um, but I intend to do that. Um, we actually, you guys that listen to the other podcast, uh, Go to Bed, we are moving actually into this office, we, me, uh, sub-leased, sub sublet one of the offices here from the company. So we're going to turn that into the podcast room for both shows. So that'll be really nice. And I can finally hang up my sick LED sign, the eating shit sign, um, because I haven't wanted to hang it up here because I know I wasn't going to be sitting in this corner um, forever with the podcast set up. So once we get everything set up in there, uh, it'll be much easier to do both shows because it'll both be at the office. They'll both be set up and ready to go. And the sets will be totally dialed so we can just literally walk in and record. Um, so that'll make it a little bit easier for me to do this one more consistently as well. Um, but either way, quick lesson, um, something that I was thinking about this week, and I'm sure some of you guys can relate that are entrepreneurs or a, I know a lot of like quote unquote high achievers have an issue with this. And it's really just something as simple as um, celebrating your wins. I am absolutely fucking horrible at that. Um, something that I've worked on with my coach quite a bit. He like forces you to celebrate like, you know, what can we celebrate at the beginning of each call? Um, because, you know, we, we tend to get in this pattern of just like thinking about the next thing. And, you know, really just expecting any type of success. So it's not really exciting when it happens, um, which is good and bad, but you also have to remember to celebrate those small wins. Um, so even this kind of hit me, you know, last week, if you guys don't know, I run a, a local meetup here in Reno for real estate investors. I do it once a month. And after the meetup, someone asked me, something about kind of like how to contact someone that had like an overgrown house or something. So I was kind of explaining how I would do it. And then someone kind of butted in um, off of that question. And then it turned into like this little round table discussion with only like five or six of us because everyone else had left by that time. There's probably like about 40 people there total. Um, and the way I can't even remember what the question was. Oh, it was about um, my buddy JD. He, he had this deal that he totally screwed up in uh, in Sun Valley and just really, really distressed mobile home. And he actually took the appointment before us. And it was kind of funny because he called me at like right at 9 a.m. one day a couple weeks ago. And I didn't answer because we were about to do our team meeting. And I was like, I'll call him back later. Um, so I forgot to call him back. And then that was on a Tuesday, I remember. The next day, I was driving to someone else's meetup at night, like 5.45 p.m. And I was like, fuck, I forgot to um, call JD back. So I sent him a text. I was like, hey, dude, forgot to call you back. I'll call you tomorrow. And let me backtrack a little bit. Um, Tuesday, the day before, um, we had gone on an appointment for this mobile home. We actually got two in Sun Valley on the same day. And it's funny how opposite these deals are. That's what I'm talking about, the home act absolutely destroyed. Um, and then the other one was really, really nice. 
really, really nice sellers. Um, but this one that I'm talking about here is the one that was absolutely destroyed. And um, so Kyle, our acquisition manager, took appointments on both of those towards the end of the day on that Tuesday, ended up getting both contracts, which is fucking awesome. And then, um, but JD ended up going on that appointment for the really distressed one earlier in the day. And so when I texted him the next day, he was like, oh, no worries. Like, you know, I took this appointment yesterday and I just wanted to get your input on it. And um, he sent me like some photos and the address. I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> we already got that one. Um, but so I ended up talking to him the next day and he was like, dude, I totally screwed up this appointment. Like, does that ever happen to you? I was like, dude, like 99% of the appointments I've ever been on, <laughs> like it happens all the time. And it was funny I, that day I was watching, um, Ryan Pineda's acquisition manager on one of their zoom calls. And he was literally saying the same thing. Like this dude is a great acquisition manager. He's been doing it for years. And he was even saying like, right now he screws up on so many appointments. So, and this was JD's like first or second appointment or something like super new. And I was like, yeah, dude, don't worry about it. But he like really messed up his numbers and he ended off ended up offering way, way, way too low. And so the seller didn't accept. Kyle comes a couple hours later, gets the contract. So it's very likely that JD probably could have gotten this contract maybe um, if he hadn't have screwed up his numbers beforehand. But so we started kind of talking about that. And then, you know, some, some questions stemmed off of that about, you know, we were talking about basically sellers like, sometimes they want to cancel and like legally, no, they cannot cancel. Like they signed a binding agreement. Um, but I was telling him, you know, how we kind of get in front of that as good as we can. And he, you know, I was like, dude, just look at it like this. And I, and then I kind of gave, I just dumped like our entire sales process on these, this group of like five or six of us that was standing there overview, obviously, like I can't go into our, how we do everything. Um, I'm just, but front to back. And I was like, cause he was worried about, you know, like legitimacy and this and that. And I was like, dude, it's like, just think of it, like put yourself on the other end of this call. And then I stepped him through every single thing that we do. And, you know, to me, this is a great example of like, um, you know, being kind of caught in the day to day and like just stuck in the grind of it all, because we're always trying to improve on our sales process. And like, I didn't make up any of this shit. Like I've just learned from other people. And then we have taken, you know, someone that does it this way and we take parts of their process and someone that does it this way and take it. And we've like molded it into our own. So it's just like, you know, I literally didn't invent one part of it, maybe one part. Um, but all the other 50 parts are just taken from you know, a lot of different trainings that we've been to and just other people that are also successful in the business. But we train every single morning, like sales team trains, we're always trying to tweak and improve these things. And we're always training on the appointments, even the ones that go right. You know, there's always things to train on them, not ones and, and ones that are totally screwed up, but there's always something to train on. But then it hit me. And I always tell people too, because like it's, Sometimes it's unrelatable when you get advice or you hear content from people and you just think that they're so much further ahead and you're just like, yeah, like that dude's awesome. Like, of course he's going to be able to close like that or do whatever they're doing. And so I always remind people, especially at the meetup, because there's a lot of new people there. I'm like, literally like this was me not that long ago. Like I did my first deal in January, 2018 and 
you know, I've, I've just learned as I go this entire time. And really for like dialing in an actual sales process, like you can get pretty far with not fucking knowing anything. Like I'm living proof of that. Um, you can definitely do deals without knowing anything. I'm living proof of that. But then it comes a time later on where, I mean, you, you just learn things by force when you start doing deals and actually doing, you know, the taking the right action and wanting to learn and grow and stuff like that. Like even when you screw up, like I have to commend JD for that because that's exactly what I would have done too. If I knew someone back then that was taking appointments direct to seller and I totally screwed one up, I would have reached out to them and been like, dude, what did I do wrong? And that's exactly what he did. Um, but even as you know, when that was me in 2018, 2019, um, you know, when I was just started out just wholesaling before flipping and on my own, I would, you know, I'm taking these deals to buyers or leads to buyers and stuff like that. And then they would say like pass or no. And then I would always follow it up with like, well, you know, basically why, or like, because I'm trying to learn like why this one would be a pass when the last one that we did is very, very similar. And that was not a pass. So then you start picking things up as you go. And now over 120 deals in, like we still learn things on literally every single deal. There's not two that are exactly the same. There's very few that are just easy peasy front to back. It's like shocking how easy they are. There's very few like that. They're always filled with problems and things to solve and things to do for the sellers and title issues and this and that. So you're always learning. Um, but totally forgot where the fuck I was going with that, but it doesn't matter because, uh, I still commend JD for wanting to learn, but that's what I was saying is that, you know, as you go along, you just learn shit. And then, you know, I learned even sooner ago, that doesn't make sense, but whatever, um, about like, oh, like a sales process and like, oh, this is like a sales appointment. And I, I told JD, I tell everyone this, I was like, dude, it's like shocking that I even, knowing what I know now, it's shocking that I did any deals at all because literally my appointment process, I did, well, one, it did, the pro word process was not even a thing to me. And two, when I went on appointments, I would literally go and take photos and then make the seller an offer. And every single time they would say, no, <laughs> weird. And now it's like, dude, that is so bad. And that's pr probably pretty close to what JD did because he doesn't know any better. And so I have to remind people that I was like, dude, that's how I used to do it until I learned like, oh, there's a different way to do this. There's a better way to do this. Like what the service that we're offering is for a specific situation. And like, if the seller is not in that situation, or some variant of it, they're going to say no, and they should because that's not a good fit. Um, that's why you know we do the things we do now, as far as like pre-qualifying the leads up front, um, and then you know really digging into what the seller situation, their goals, and you know trying to make it easy on them on the appointment. And <clears throat> so, anyway. Um, yeah, he was, he was just bummed about that, you know, and then he brought it up again at the meetup. And so I'm dumping like, you know, this is how we do it. And I realized once I'm like explaining, you know, we do it like this, we do it like this, we say this, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens. And I was like, damn, 
you know, and they're all like mind blown. You know, these guys, they're just like, fuck, because it's so far and above what they're doing on appointments currently, if they're even going on. And to me, I'm just like, yeah, this is like where we're at, like in the progress. This is what we do right now. Um, to them, they're like, holy shit, that's way better than whatever it is I'm doing or not doing right now. And it really kind of make me, it made me like take a step back and I was like, oh, like we're, we're a lot better than we think we are as far as like what we're doing in the business. And you just forget that sometimes because when you're here every single day and it's just been like tiny incremental increases from what it used to be, it seems the same. I've told my coach that many times where I'm like, dude, I feel right now, I feel exactly the same as when I did my first deal. Like I don't feel any different when I actually like pull my head out of my ass and look back at like the differences in my life and like what we're doing right now versus back then and the volume and the team and all this stuff. Like, yeah, it's way fucking different, but just me, my personality type that like doesn't get flustered very easy. And I'm just here for the ride. Like no matter how shitty it is or no matter how good it is, it's always just the same to me. I just feel exactly the same. And like, that's not a good way to live all the time that I have to credit that because that's the reason why, like I'll keep going. And when things are really, really shitty, like they were, you know, Q4 of last year, Q1 of this year, like I'll be here no matter what I felt exactly the same as when we were fucking doing good. Um, with a tiny bit more stress and urgency. And then when things are good, like they were last month, I feel exactly the same. Um, but you really have to take a step back and like, think about how far you've come. And there's a really good book on this called um, The Gap of the Gain that I highly recommend everyone listening to this should read. And it's about exactly that, where most people just live in the gap all the time. The gap is from where I'm at right now to where you want to be in the future. You're always just thinking about that gap. You're never thinking about the gain looking backwards on like, oh, like that quote unquote gap. When you look backwards, that's a pretty big gap, but we never even think about that because once you pass that milestone, you're just like, ah, whatever, onto the next one, ah, whatever, onto the next one. So that little interaction, uh, it's funny how doing that because like, I'm sitting there, I'm not doing this, you know, for my own benefit, telling these guys that are like, if you want to look at it that way, like they are my competitors, like they do the same business and they're in the same market as me. And I'm telling them exactly how we do it. Um, but I don't look at it like that. I just think, you know, I, I've learned it so I can share it with other people. But it's funny how like you get, like I do just do it for like providing value to those people that come to the meetup, but, um, you can see how much I get out of it too. And like, I, I didn't ask for anything. Um, and no one offered anything, but just by explaining that process to them, I was just like, fuck, we have come a long way. And I had to make sure to tell the guys here at the office. Um, I forgot to tell them the next day I told Wes on Friday in our meeting. And then I told the guys this morning, um, I was just like, Hey, like, this is what happened. And it made me realize like, we're, pretty fucking good. Like we're not anywhere where I want to be yet, of course, but we're pretty fucking good. And, um, we're really fucking good compared to how bad I used to be not that long ago. So keep that in mind, um, whatever you're doing, 
um, celebrate the the wins. And that's not to say like you fucking that. <laughs> that's why I don't really like it because you know when people I always think of it like people that go out all the time. And to me, I'm like, what what are you celebrating? Like, there's you're not doing fucking shit. All you're doing is like running away from like you're trying to escape your real life into this like life you can have for the next three hours um like there's nothing to celebrate there so i'm not saying like oh i made my calls today like yay now i get to take the next two weeks off and celebrate i'm just saying like when you actually do shit take a moment think about it like damn that was pretty cool we did that live in the gain for a moment and then onward you can go um so a couple wins um for this week so last month like i said we did good last month we closed seven deals um actually got into the finish line and then we have another seven that are scheduled to close this month um so yeah just always working on upping the volume and with that comes the consistency because that's one of the hardest things about um a real estate business in general i think you know the bigger the more we do and the further along we go like we've never really been able to get out of this wave um i guess this is fucking lesson number two of this podcast but while we're talking about it um it's always been like that where we've had waves especially when we were flipping um because that's when it was like just me and wes and then steve was here but like just the three of us you know and i was doing acquisitions wes was managing the rehabs and we would do these we would get in these waves and it makes total sense when you like think back it's so fucking stupid but you know you don't know what you don't know and uh that's why i can't run tesla right now i'm still need to build <laughs> the real estate company so i can learn all this shit by doing and then move on to something better later but when when that was you know it's funny like it, it's the all these fucking lessons are just like intertwined um the more you talk about them, the more you think about them. Like I always tell new people, I'm like, dude, like what you're doing right now, I know it seems hard and scary, but it's not that hard because like it's hard. It's hard work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort, but you don't have anything to fucking do right now. Like all you can do is call people. Like if we're talking about going direct to sellers, same business model that we're in, that's it. Like if you don't have any deals to work on and you don't have any leads, all you can do is lead generation. Like all you can do, I mean, you can do other things, but there's not the right thing to do. All you can do is fucking call people. And then once you get some leads, like you can take appointments. And when you don't close because you suck, um, which will happen, all you can do is keep getting more leads and nurture the leads that you currently have. That's it. Like it's very simple. Just fucking keep doing that shit. Um, but back to when we were flipping, before we had, you know, a team in a little bit better volume, we had these crazy waves and it was because like I was doing all the acquisitions. So like, and this is a, a few years in. So we had like a lot of leads to follow up with. I didn't have like the follow-up systems that we have in place now, you know, I'm doing all this manual follow-up and I was a fucking follow-up master. I always tell people that too, is like, because I had no skill set and no experience, that's how I got all of my first deals was just by following up with people because I would get leads and then I would take appointments and I just told you guys how shitty my appointments were like I might as well not even have gone because and then I stopped going for a while because I thought I was Donald Trump and could close over the phone because I did it one time by luck and by accident uh that's a story for another podcast but then um 
you know, you have all these leads and we're keep getting more leads. And so I'm, you know, following up and then we get a deal and it's like, cool. And then maybe we get two deals, like two deals in a month. And then, you know, we have this period of like, oh, well now I have things to like do other than follow up because now I have to play transaction coordinator just to get this thing to the finish line. And I got to talk to our private money investors because I have to raise money for this deal. And then, you know, we're doing all this other stuff that comes with doing the deals. And then um, you start slacking on the follow-up and like no one's, because I was the only one doing it and now I'm doing these other things, no one's doing acquisitions. And then weird, next month we get no contracts because no one was doing acquisitions. So you have these like crazy waves where you get something and then you get absolutely nothing and then you get something and then you get nothing. And then, you know, it's like, okay, we learned that when you hire right person, right seat, we hire Kyle to do acquisitions. And now we have, you know, that's how I always thought of it because it's, it's scary hiring people for your first time because you're like, well, one, I don't know how to manage people Two, I don't know how to train people. Um, three, what if, uh, like no one can do it better than me? Of course, like there's no way. And, but yeah, how I thought of it is like, okay, like we hired the right person in the right seat. He's a good salesperson. He was doing sales before this. We got to teach him real estate. I learned with uh, a person before him that you actually have to train people. You cannot telepathically train, um, because weird. Like if you don't tell people what to do, they don't know what to do. <laughs> and, um, so I was like, okay, let's go hard with training him on the real estate stuff, get him out there. And then even if he is only, you know, after training, if he's only 70% as good as I am, and he's probably going to be better because that's why we hired him. Cause we think that he can be better than me. Then if he's only 70% as good, but he's dedicating a hundred percent of his time instead of 50% of his time, like I was, then we should be ahead, right? Yes. Not going to do the math for you guys, but sources, trust me, bro. And that's what happened. Um, so after a while, he got good enough. And again, he's that type of person that always wants to learn, always wants to grow. So for a while, and we, like I said, we still train every day, but especially when he was new, like a year ago, um, right after we moved into this office, say fucking August of last year, every single day I'd come in here and like train with him. Like, okay, what did you hear on the phone today or on an appointment that you did not know? Um, you didn't have the answer to it. And he's like, ah, oh, like someone said something about probate. I'm like, cool. You know, and then we're doing notes. So we have this document that's like crazy valuable in the future for training more acquisition managers because it's like, yeah, you take for granted how much I've learned by doing over the past few years. And then like, I can't teach him all of these things because they, they don't like come up like that. It's not like, all right, today we're going to learn about probates. And also I don't know everything about probates and neither do the fucking probate attorneys in town when they tell you one thing and something else happens. Um, but so yeah, like we were just always training like that. So that's exactly what happened is that, you know, he became better than I am and he's better on appointments right now than I am even though I probably still know more about like the real estate side of things than he does. But like at this point we're just learning together and he's better on appointments than I am. So that's, that is what should happen when you hire the right person. Um, 
let me pause real quick because I totally fucking forgot what I was talking about here. Um, something about hiring. Oh, the waves. Yeah, yeah. So that was the, that was the second lesson was the waves, right? So that's how that's why the waves used to happen. Um, was like you're taking attention away. But the waves still happen now, even when we have a dedicated acquisition manager. Um, and then, you know, now we have the junior sales guy who we call like the BDR, business development representative, similar to a follow-up specialist in other people's organizations. And same thing now that Kyle, you know, he should only be doing appointments all day long, whether they're in person or over the phone. An appointment is where you make an offer on a property. Um, but if he's handling all of acquisitions, he's also doing all of the pre-qualification of the leads, you know, talking to people and doing follow-up and stuff like that. That's a whole nother role. So then we increase the volume enough even with these waves where it's like, okay, it makes sense to hire a BDR. Um, so now we have Miner, who is our BDR, and that's what he's doing all day is just pre-qualifying the leads, setting appointments for Kyle, and then also handling the follow-up because Kyle, a trained salesperson, that should be on appointments all day should not be doing follow-ups from six months ago. That's like, Hey, I'll talk to you in six months. Like that's not the job for that person. That's a job for a follow-up specialist who just is trying to warm up old leads and set more appointments for Kyle. If the seller's ready to sell and it's worth Kyle going on the appointment. Um, so now, you know, we, we always have these waves and that's what I, that's when I started going off on this tangent where it was like, I think that we're always going to have, some waves because it just happens like that sometimes even if we're consistent on locking deals up you know usually we're locking deals up with a 30-day close but out of nowhere you know this one has to extend two weeks and then you know we have like a dry spell for the first two months of a, a month or whatever and then that's what happened last month actually is because the month before that um, was horrible because we had to I think we only closed like two but we were supposed to close like four or five, but they got pushed into the next month. So I know, you know, it's, it, that's why it came, comes in waves. Now it's like, we had a bad month. Now, last month we had a good month. This month we have seven scheduled to close and that would be like consistent, you know, two good months in a row, but you never know, like some of them might get pushed to the next month and all of a sudden it's not great, but then maybe August will be better. You know, the, the waves are still there. It's just how they fall. Even if you were locking up a deal a day, like you're going to have some months that are way better than others. But if you're doing that type of volume, you're never going to have those waves that we had where it's like, fuck, we didn't close anything this month, like literally zero. You know, your bad months will still be enough to stay alive and stay afloat. And then you'll just have really, really good months versus some deals and zero deals. So it was, it took us a long time to get out of that. And it feels like we're finally knock on wood, like out of that phase and into the next phase of growth, which is just a little bit of, you know, the waves are a little bit higher from there. Um, so yeah, I don't need to make this too long. Uh, just got talking about that, but, um, yeah, those were the wins, just the deals closing last month and then more scheduled to close. And that's all, that's all I want is, you know, the growth and, um, just seeing more consistency there. And now that we're kind of understanding more about how that, how the business really functions and why, you know, we have control over those things and we can see it coming much sooner than like 
oh, we haven't done any deals for the last two months. Like, what are we doing wrong? Like, we know now because we track all the KPIs so closely that, like, you know, if our leads are down for a week, we know that there's not as many leads to offer on. You know, Kyle can't hit his his offer goal. And then inevitably, like, we're going to lock up less deals and then we're going to have that lull. Um, so we're just really starting to dial in and see kind of like, oh, we need, here's, here's our problem right now. And maybe we fix that problem. And then another problem down the sales funnel pops up because now we have too many leads. We can't process them all. That's when we hired miner. And now, you know, that, that bottleneck is fixed and now it's back to, okay, like we need more leads. Like everyone's good. Everyone is like not at capacity yet. So now we just need more leads, increase the volume again. We're on to the next phase and then, you know, the waves get a little bit bigger from there. So anyway, um, thanks for listening. Uh, I will do a better job of getting on here for you guys that do listen or watch on YouTube. If you're on the podcast app, subscribe to Fiki Flips YouTube channel. Um, confronting squatters videos going crazy for no reason two years later. <laughs> it's funny how the algorithm works like that. Um, and just pushing it to the weirdest people as well. You know, you guys that are 30 minutes into this episode, get the nuggets for sticking around, but yeah, you know, you just, I don't know. People are just like, he's like, why did YouTube push this to this person? <laughs> why did YouTube push this video? Um, to this 65 year old woman that's going to come on my video and say, Oh, you, you shouldn't cuss. <laughs> You're like, okay. Like you sound like my mom. Um, just people that have no clue and don't understand why things work the way that they do, especially on the internet have the most advice to give. But for anyone thinking that, um, yeah, there's about, 10 million people on YouTube that make real estate content that all sound like robots and very professional. And this is how we do marketing. And this is how you flip houses. And, um, maybe two of them, like people give a shit about them because they're the first ones to do it. And everyone else that copies them, no one fucking cares about their content. You notice that you notice how they get zero views and, um, no one fucking cares. That's because they're not being themselves. Lesson number three, you guys are getting fucking nuggets on this episode. Uh, be yourself. Like I meet all these guys in person at, at these events and they don't talk in real life. Like they do on YouTube because they are afraid of people like these 65 year old women that come onto my videos and say, Oh my God, I can't believe you flipped off the camera. Like, and that's always backhanded compliment too. Like you may, you make great. This content is good, but also it's not good. That's what all the comments are. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you afraid of? Like, why do you want to please this 65 year old woman who if she met you and you actually opened up in front of her, she's not going to like you anyway. So who fucking cares? Like just talk how you would normally talk. And if they don't like it, cool. They're not your people. Uh, and then more people will be like, Oh, I actually like this guy because, uh, he talks just like I do. And it makes it a lot more relatable when it's not, you know, 25 year old kid. That's like trying to be super professional and teach people how to flip houses like, who's your target demo for that? Like, take it from me. This is exactly how I talk in real life. This is exactly how I talk at the meetup. And 
if you're just like real and you're legitimate and you can like prove that you do what you say you actually do, plenty of people will like you and plenty of people will be willing to give you money. I think that's what most of the guys are afraid of because they think that they're going to like turn off private investors because they say fuck on YouTube. But like I say fuck at the meetup and uh, when we were flipping more than we do now, like clockwork, people would come up to me after the meetup be like, I have 50, 100, $200,000 sitting in a savings account doing jack shit for me. And I know I want to put it in real estate, but I can't find my own deals. I'm going to give it to you guys in the meantime. It's like, cool. I don't even know you, but um, thanks. <laughs> and it was because I'm not like this weird, unrelatable dude that's like, is this guy for real? Like, is there something sketchy about him? It's like, no. It's like, I just go up there and I teach what whatever it is that we're doing like this is exactly how we do it front to back it is what it is and people appreciate that so word word of maybe not wisdom but that's my opinion at least for making content just um, pull out the camera and talk to it as if it was your best friend that's why i really appreciate when jp and i can get together and film because he is my best friend and he's a filmer so i can just talk to the camera um, I, I talk to him while he's holding the camera and that's what makes, that's when I have the best content because that's, you know, the closest version of my true self instead of, you know, I, it's so funny that I'm just trying to think of like, if I did that video, how they liked it, one, they would have never saw the video and two, like they wouldn't have gotten anything more from the video. They just like, can't believe that that someone would say fuck on YouTube. It's like, dude, let's, um, let's move past this. They're, they're transing the kids right now. Like we got more shit to worry about than that. Anyway, before I go fucking alt right here and get banned off of YouTube. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.